this for my niggas though, special delivery Spit like this, get my wrists all glittery Get kicked, snakes get slithery Lean in, show y'all the mean and the chivalry Rap ruler, you can ask Buddha Right jab like Zab Judah Every member on my team is a shooter Tight like a wound, no wound for intruders Spark Buddha, twist in the Philly And good humor, don't be silly It's gravy, baby, I got it all smothered Like makeup Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry, King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. It is a special delivery today. Uh, I do these, you know, every once in a while if you're new to the show. Um, something that I do anytime there's kind of like a breaking news, maybe something that I was going to, probably was going to do something else, do something different, talk about something else. But this is something I feel like is keen something that you should listen to, something that you should pay attention to because this is not only newsworthy, but some information I feel like everyone needs to know and to exchange and to allow this to lead into the conversation for the rest of your week. Because this is stuff that this is something that everyone should already have on their mind. And if you're not a you know a person who frequently watches the news like myself, uh, but I think I you know I, I try my best to stay in touch with what's going on in my own way, through my own types of, you know, mediums. Um, Because I feel like just, I I really don't have time to sit down and watch news. That's really what it is. But um, before we get into the topic of today, I must, 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 must uh, definitely, definitely um, jump into a highlight of, you know, some little pop culture. You know, this is going to be a pretty heavy topic, so... Well, the whole thing is really going to be a pretty heavy topic. But first, let's start off with this video and song by Joyner Lucas called I'm Not Racist. Very interesting video. Very artistically done. Um, If you have not seen it, spoiler alert, because I'm going to say something about it. Um, I'm Not Racist is a term that I think is, you know, spoken very often. Um, It's... uh, you know, prefaced before saying something very racist most of the time. Um, it's it's just it just is. It's very strange. Um, it's a very strange just grouping of words. I'm not racist. And he made this a title. Very provocative uh, video, I would say. Um, I think you know, topic of race is something that is something that. Really, we've never stopped talking about. And I I know it's kind of interesting how people always say, you know, we always had those moments where we were speaking of other things, this and that was happening, this and that was happening. But as a whole, we really never stopped talking about race. Race is literally one of the leading subject matters of this country and surely enough of this world. In this video, he has this, you know, you know, very, you know, this white guy who I think he chose specifically because of his aesthetic that he would seem as if this this would be the guy who would be labeled as, oh, he might be racist for sure. He's big. He's bearded. You know, got a little tats. He's probably Southern. And I thought that was very, you know, intriguing. Alongside, you know, sitting at a table with a, uh, a young black gentleman with locks. Um, very young, very, you know, kind of, you know, swaggy with his style. So you can kind of, you know, tell the age. So you have somebody who 
you know, it was definitely a little bit older speaking down on them. Um, and I thought that was really intriguing to do too, instead of making them two men who are the same age, he made, he had the element of age in there too, because, you know, if you don't know, as black men and women, we've always seen this older to a lot of people, you know, seen as threatening or, you know, menacing or scared. Um, that is something that is really uh, a sad stereotype that happens, that happens far too often. But as a whole, I thought the video was really dope. I thought the video was really interesting. Um, I, I think I thought you know it took me a minute to realize that that wasn't that because I don't know who Jordan Lucas was. It took me a minute to realize that because that white dude had a lot of rhythm. He was on beat with that shit, or the the editing was superb because he was. I was like, this sounds mad problematic. You know what I'm saying? Like I just got to see where this ends up. I don't know where this is going. But I got to see where this ends up. Because he's saying a lot of shit that I already know. You know? And I feel like something that a lot of people already speak on. You know? Don't say you just have this, you know, a black friend. Or don't say these types of things. Because that does not exclude you from things. Um, I like to say that, you know, everyone isn't, I would say, just a stone cold racist. You believing in certain things doesn't make you a stone cold racist. It makes a lot of your ideals or your opinion racially motivated, for sure. But to, you know, I think there's certain, there's, to group them all up together would, wouldn't be right. I feel like, I feel like it's levels. I feel like you consistently have each part of your life uh, kind of designated and you make decisions that are racially motivated, then of course you are stone cold, bigot ass racist. But if you literally just have this really strange Un, really unaddressed uh, complex about certain things when you know when it comes to people of, uh, of other ethnicities. Yeah, that's racially motivated. You know, microaggressions are something that all you know I believe all white people do, and that's racially motivated. That doesn't make you a bad person. It's something that you should become aware of for sure, so you can minimize those things. But I wouldn't call them all racist, you know, um, but because it's a system in itself that you are playing a part in as well. So you may do things not even seeing them as a racist thing, but that not seeing it as a racially motivated thing. But that's exactly what it is. Like, you can't remember my name and you call me by a different black man's name because that's racially motivated. That's a microaggression for sure. You assume that, you know, I might not know this or might not know this, and that's a racially motivated action. It's not racist, but it's definitely racially motivated. And because of your lack of understanding of either me, of me personally, and and also there's a misunderstanding and even maybe a fear of understanding blackness as a whole, you really don't even kind of stretch it out to try. But I think... Um, I thought as a whole, the uh, whole video was cool up until the end where they hugged. I think for me, I still have, uh, I have a lot of opinions when it comes to just, you know, reconciliation and how we deal and what peace really looks like and what um, productivity looks like. And I think, you know, to have all that happen in that video and then the end in a hug, I think is, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it gives that impression that this is all that needs to happen. It's the conversation. And we get to a, and we get to a point to where we're not arguing and we're not yelling at each other and we can kind of speak calmly and then we kind of shake hands and now racism has ended. I don't like those optics personally because I feel like it takes more than that. More needs to happen than just the conversation. 
conversation is a start. There's a step. It's not the end and beginning of it all. Because there's so many people who, who've had conversations, who've been checked, who've been, you know what I'm saying, who've gotten their shit together by, you know, various, you know, uh, black people and minorities for whatever it may have been, whatever's topic, especially something on race, and they still have not changed. So it needs to be a different type of reinforcement, maybe a follow-up, maybe some actual action has to be done past the point of just talking about it, expressing yourself, saying that you have these opinions, and then we got to feel like we can really move on. But the topic of today is something that is uh, saddens me. It perplexes me, but also it reminds me of the world that we live in. And the world we live in is not a good one, not a pretty one at all. And I know everyone, I hope everyone has, you know, became aware. And this is the reason why I wanted to make this a thing, because if you're not aware, then I'm going to bring it to your awareness. And that being the, the ongoing slave trade within Libya as of now. Libya has been a, a kind of a very hot country, conflicted, uh, conflicting with America's values and um, the American government for quite some time now throughout Obama's presidency and still to this day. Um, Obama is herald during his presidency to, you know, to have, you know, gotten a lot of the bad guys, you know, Gaddafi being one of them, who was the president of Libya, who was essentially considered more, more so a dictator than president. Um, Osama bin Laden, of course, which I think everybody was trying to, you know, figure out, which they killed him in the oddest way, killed him like he was fucking Megatron or something. Didn't make any sense. Lily threw the man, Lily killed the man and then threw his body in the ocean as if he was going to come back. Really didn't understand that. It's really strange, really weird. Um, not saying he deserved some like beautiful uh, funeral reception or something, but bruh, it's strange. But um, to continue, I got some facts here, you know what I'm saying? Because I think with anything political, and especially when you're talking about international news, you need the facts. Because it's just, it's all so much we can know with not being there. And I think that's the particular thing that we need to become more keen on when it comes to these very international matters that we just cannot agree with. Um, because the fact of the matter is, we get our business, we get our nose into everybody business, into everybody business, and for so many reasons that usually only benefit us. But now there's a time right now where we're essentially should be very on top of this should know that this has been happening and there should be some sense for solution through the US government but yet of course it's not especially at this point when we have the people we have in office hopefully we can get them out soon let's go but no um so Gaddafi was you know was prime you know was essentially told in 2011 to give up his weapons of mass destruction but subsequently denied it. And so what happened? NATO bombed Libya, toppling the regime, but they never implemented a new one, which is pretty damn reckless from a, a international government, government standpoint. You don't crush a country and they kind of not build it up because that fucks up the people who live there. 
and leaves everyone in kind of disarray. But I think that was all intentional as well. For my conspiracy theorists, I must say, before I get off of the Gaddafi topic, is that, you know, conspiracy says, and I believe I, they speak on this in one of the Hidden Colors uh, documentaries, and that is that Gaddafi was actually um, prepping to essentially create a system that backed up African resources to the to a, a central currency amount. Um, so that would have literally fucked up everything. That would have like bankrupt the world. It would have been. It's just it just would have it just would have done so much to everyone, and um, and it would have helped out so many you know countries to now become essentially valuable countries, and I think that's the the big part about it. That's interesting. Now, you can believe it or not, you can do your own research, but it's interesting how they had to get him out the paint before this was enacted. I think it's some truth to it, because I feel like that's, that shit just too fishy. And just speaking on how, you know, polarizing Gaddafi was to so many people, uh, and one thing I realized when it comes to America is we only have the objects that we have, and we truly don't know who all these people are. All we know is the way they're presented to us is they're presented to us as terrorists. They're presented to us as people who are doing these things to their country. And and it's kind of like, how? Like, how? But I believe one thing you have to do is kind of think past that point. We have to use our common sense and do our research and do the due diligence to realize that these things just don't seem right. To continue with the facts, as of 2016, there were estimated 45 million humans, human beings, excuse me, around the world living in slavery, 45 million. The Global Slavery Index, which, why is this an index, first off, found that slavery in some form or another currently exists in 167 countries. That is 85% of all countries. 85% of all countries. Um, all this information that I'm uh, reading from is actually from uh, bustle.com. Uh, Pretty great. Um, they definitely have a lot of, you know, very liberal stances on a lot of things, but I love the way they kind of, you know, give you a lot of straightforward news as well. And I continue to say that some of the countries they listed that had you know some of the worst uh some of the largest amounts of slave trade and just slavery in general a country such as north korea not a surprise you uzbekistan not a surprise cambodia india and qatar um from a you know population standpoint then you know just the sheer numbers just raw numbers is essentially all of those including uh pakistan china and Bangladesh, which um, there's so many different things. And I think the, the hard part about it is trying to figure out how in the hell, but you have to think slavery in this new form and from its new meanings can mean so many different things. You have a lot of people who are working in these sweatshops and working on farms for little to no money at all, not with, with in no type of regulation on how much they work, how hard they work, 
all those different things or, or and also the you know of course pay um it's very sad because these this you know inflow of people that have came into libya essentially we're just going out of opportunity they're trying to find more they're trying to make more of their lives and these men are essentially just trying to get the best out they can out of life because where they are from maybe conflict war torn and so many different reasons so many different reasons and now they thought that you know coming to the north further north and trying to find something better for themselves makes it you know it's, it just makes it sad because it makes you really truly kind of just to be discouraged when it comes to you know going out on your limb not having nothing and going out there and getting it these people are being the in the highest form being dehumanized to essential cattle um to just animals being sold on the auction block as if this was you know as if this was america in the, in the 1400s but um the gna um uh, actually released a statement that i thought was pretty interesting and gave me you know a lot of different you know perspectives on how the scene how the essentially from a global standpoint how they may be handling this and I'm gonna put all links to these things so you can read them yourself because they actually have the, the whole state of Libya kind of address written out. But this is just an excerpt from it. And it says, Libya is a, is a transit country for large and continuous flows of illegal immigrants. It is going through difficult times which affected its own citizens as well. It is therefore not fair to assume responsibility for the consequences of this immigration, which everyone unanimously agree that addressing this phenomenon exceeds the national capacities. Therefore, we affirm again that the practical solution is to address the real reasons that drive people to drive, to leave their home countries and treat them in development final solutions for them. Now, for me, first reading this, that's why I really suggest y'all read the whole entire thing. Um, really gives me these vibes of like, passing up the book. It's not our fault. This shit happening under our nose. We sorry though. Uh, we trying to figure something out because we didn't even know this shit was happening. It's it's an excuse you probably have heard in work a million times. Like, look, I didn't even know this was a problem. This just, it is what it is, but since it's escalated past me, what can I do now? That's how I felt when I first read it. And once I read the entire thing, there was a little bit more responsibility taken in it. And I think in that statement, in those, in that excerpt, I think it was uh, a different stance that was given out. And I believe what should be said that was true, slightly true about what, it, what they're saying is, it is past them. In a lot of ways, because, you know, they didn't, they didn't, Libya didn't create a reason for them to migrate into Libya, to run into these, you know, fucking just monsters of people to kind of keep these types of, you know, or these types of institutions alive and have human trafficking and the selling of humans still be a thing in 2017. I think uh, that's essential part because I feel like that's an essential part with a lot of American ideals a lot of American issues we truly have to go to the point of where we truly have to go to the point to where we find solutions for our issues instead of kind of ever analyzing what the problem is and forever just giving information about the problem and trying to bring just only only bring awareness to the problem there has to be something else there has to it has to couple with another thing 
and it's it's just crazy. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, yeah. Look at me on y'all. Am I tired? Do I need a nap? Okay. But no, to continue, uh, in 2014, just to keep on outlining, you know, how we got to this point, ISIS infiltrated in 2014. Essentially, you know, shaking up the whole entire country. Because mind you, I said, they never replaced the regime that was there. So they never really truly established, a, you know, the best government within Libya. Now there's something there now. There's some form, some sense of it. But those people are essentially forever being, you know, kind of targets. So they spend a lot of resources, a lot of majority of time just protecting themselves and trying to not fucking die. Um, and that's just crazy to me. It really is crazy to me. And I think we all must inform ourselves on these things. And I say, do something about it. So we're talking solutions. We need to talk solutions. Yes, these these things are happening thousands and thousands of miles away from us, but we are America. We are the superpower. We are in a place where we see these things as egregious on a very, you know, human level, no matter who this would have, you know, been who experiencing this, this thing must stop. So how we do this? Several solutions. And I, I actually am quoting but Bustle again, um, and that is support the international organization for migration. Now, this is very keen because I feel like we're focusing in on the reason why a lot of these people even traveled into Libya. They don't have what they need within the society. They within this small kind of you know microcosm of society they may live in, whatever city that is. Whatever town that is, for whatever they live, there should be some sense of development where at least, you know, where all people at least have the opportunity to gain some type of employment and gain some type of, you know, to kind of just delve into commerce in some form and get something back, get some reward so they can take care of their damn family and take care of themselves. Support the root cause. Continuously support the root cause. Um... And when I say support the root cause, it's just to further, furthermore come and realize that this is the issue. This is the problem. We need to donate to these things. We need to go and go after these types of, you know, organizations who are essentially perpetuating what's going on and actually support slave free labor. The ethics of the ethics of these big ass companies who are global, who are globalizing all over really are very flawed in a lot of ways because they're just trying to cut that dollar, trying to get the most out they can out of the company. So they find free labor, labor for cheap, whatever it is, and they can make that into the quality that they need it made at, then they will exploit every single bit about it. And also, you know, push social responsibility on these companies that you are doing things with. Uh, that you patronize and all those different things. Ask them, you know, how what's their stances on these things? And ask them if they don't fuck with this to support this. You can help with this. Bring solutions, bring plans, as in, you know, if you're talking about just any any organization, do what the fuck you gotta do. Are you into are you into this type of trade? Are you buying things from these types of people who are doing these types of things? And if so, I need you to stop or I'm going to stop patronizing you. It can be as harsh as that or whatever you want to call it. I think it just must happen. We live in an age where I can't even believe we are going through this. 
That's why I had to do the research and find out how often does something like this happen? And we've done it so to the point to where, and I think we're so taken back by us being Americans that we don't even realize how lucky we are for living in the country we live in sometimes because it could be worse. It could be so much worse. And some people can even argue that it is worse because we mentally believe that we're free and when we still have all these very big controlling factors into a lot of parts of our lives. And that's never cool. It's just never cool. Well, I really I really don't have much else to say. I just know that this is a, a, a debacle of a, of a just thing to ever happen to anyone. And it's a travesty. It's inhumane. It's not only oppressive, but it's really creating monsters of the people who are participating in it as well. So it makes makes people even worse, makes people even more scorned and even more have even more issues. But I have faith. I am hopeful, y'all. I believe the caveat to it all is we need to become more aware. We need to push that awareness. We need to place this on our social media. We need to do all these different things that we want to do. But also, let's get out and get active in the best ways possible that we that fits your lifestyle. If that's protesting, if that's flying out all the way the fuck over there and trying to trying to get people out. Whatever makes sense to you, I want you to do it. We must. We must fight back on this thing, especially, you know, people who who have experienced it in this country in some form or fashion, their ancestors especially. I believe we must go after it. Go after this oppression head on for truly, truly push all the international groups to do something about this and do something about it in every other country because we just have allowed this to be the norm and we can't allow these things to be just the norm, just it is what it is type of thing. It can't be there. It must be more. It must have more. But uh, um, if you don't know, now you know. You can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are available from the soul, from SoundCloud to uh, I'm just, you know, I'm still submitting to um, to um, Spotify, so I'm gonna let you know about that real soon. Apple Podcast app, TuneIn Radio, all those things. Um, but also, I want you guys just to you know listen to what I said and really truly do your research and truly, truly go out and do something. No matter what that is, anything to help, and or and also just truly, truly putting that positive energy out. And allowing and informing every single person that you know about these things, because everyone needs to be upset about this. There's not a gray area. There's not a wait till the more information comes out. Everyone needs to be upset. That's all I'm saying. But to continue, I'm also on the Pod and, um, pod and Color uh, podcast directory. I am tired, y'all. I'm tripping. And then um, I'm also a part of a network of podcasts in Chicago called the Second Wind Collective. So you know, shout out to my man Dan. Got a lot of cool stuff coming. May drop another one this week, depending on how I'm feeling, um, just because this one is shorter. Um, but I love y'all for listening. I've been really appreciating all the love I've been getting lately. It is very reassuring. I have so much in store for you guys for next year. Great topics, great people, great interviews, you know, more content. I want to show my face more so you can see my face and see and be able to interact with me a lot better. Um, just be with me. I'm here with you. Just be with me. You all right? And stick around. And also, tell your friends. 
to all of them. Tell them, let them be known, you know? So leave a review. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you keep on sharing it with the homies, too, all right? Love y'all. I'm Rodney Perry. You've just listened to the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. This is Simply King. Special delivery. Special delivery. I need that. Special delivery. Can I have that? Special yeah. delivery. Yeah. Special delivery. I want Come on. That. Special delivery. I need Come that. On. Come on. Special delivery. Can I have that? Come on. Special Come on. delivery. If you ain't ready, I'ma bust through your curse. Encore, you're not.